So in my view, the potential of data and cardiovascular diseases is really that data is the basis for a lot of the technology and solutions that we're putting out into the world, for example, through apps and chatbots and other types of technologies. And this can really empower patients to take actions on their health so that they're more aware of the risks of cardiovascular diseases. So data has a direct impact on preventative care. Sarah Desrosiers there on the World Heart Observatory and the immense potential that digital technologies have in the treatments and prevention of cardiovascular disease on this episode of the World Heart Federation Conversations from the Heart podcast. Welcome wherever you're listening around the globe to the World Heart Federation HQ here in Switzerland. I'm Tony Johnston, broadcast journalist. The World Heart Observatory is the first global data hub for cardiovascular conditions and risk factors. It combines data from different sources to provide the latest, most accurate information on the global burden of cardiovascular disease. The World Heart Observatory is made possible with the support of Novartis Foundation. Sarah De Rosier is Director of Health Equity at the Novartis Foundation and manages public-private partnerships to advance the response against cardiovascular diseases worldwide, leveraging the power of data and digital for population health impact. Sarah, very warm welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. We've heard the words data and potential several times already in that introduction. Sarah, what excites you about leveraging the power of data and digital technologies for positive population health impact? Thank you so much. Well, at the Novartis Foundation, our goal is really to achieve health equity and to do that for as many people as possible. And we believe that data and digital technologies can help re-engineer health systems from being reactive to becoming predictive and preventative. What does health equity mean to you? How would you define and describe health equity? Health equity is a term that means to advance health outcomes positively for a majority of the people around the world. What we're observing at the moment is a lot of health inequity and unequal health outcomes, especially in cardiovascular diseases. So, for example, in one city, you may observe different groups that are affected uh, inappropriately by cardiovascular diseases. Can I pick up on that point about inequities? talking about health equity, but you you refer to inequities. What would be some of the the greatest inequities that's coming up in, in your research and data collection at the moment? So we are observing that health inequity translates in people in certain groups of the population not receiving the right type of health and preventative care that they need. And so we are observing unequal and differentiated health outcomes in regards to cardiovascular diseases. And what we are noticing is that health doesn't only depend on your actual health, it also depends on all of your surroundings, what we call the social determinants of health. So where one person lives, their income, their education level, their urban setting, the food that they can access, and all of that determines your health outcomes. And so this is what we are trying to achieve at the Novartis Foundation is to increase a maximum for a majority of people health equity around the world. Yeah, so bringing all of that knowledge, all of that data together somehow into a a central point 
to be able to analyse that data and then to be able to pull out some of these predictive factors for this positive health impact. Sarah, can you give us some examples of the types of technologies that are being utilised and how they're being harnessed to collect and analyse that, that data for CVD? Yes. So specifically, we are running an initiative called AI for Healthy Cities, which is being piloted in New York, in Lisbon and Singapore, amongst other cities. And this is a collaboration that is bringing together policymakers, academia, the Novartis Foundation and Microsoft, who's our technology partner. The focus of this initiative is to bring together health and non-health data and to determine specific insights that will enable to develop new policies around health equity and better understand what are some of the drivers of health inequity around the world. Sarah, how are innovative technologies reshaping the way we collect and analyse data for cardiovascular health? Yeah, so we're seeing more and more technologies that can leverage data in the space of cardiovascular diseases. And I just wanted to share two technologies in particular that we've been supporting. And one of the examples is our app Saitu, uh, Saitu Tension, which means check your blood pressure in Wolof. And this is an app that we've launched in Senegal, Dakar. One of its features is a chatbot, which uh, responds in Wolof and in French to the population's questions around hypertension. And this is amazing because, first of all, it's in a local language. So the reach is way higher. And this is really aimed to help people self-monitor their health and detect whether they could be at risk of hypertension by asking relevant questions to this chatbot. Um, this has been validated by the Ministry of Health of Senegal. Um, it's an initiative that is supported by the Novartis Foundation, and uh, we're working with the startup called Bamtu to enable this new exciting application in, in Dakar. There's also another app which I wanted to share. It's called Lifestand in Rwanda. It's a solutions that, that we've also been supporting through our Health Tech Up Africa. And the solution is essentially helping people stay healthy. It's providing incentives through different partners for people to keep going back to the app, tracking their vitals, also taking their blood pressure measurements because there's an AI-enabled tool that helps to scan the face and tell you what your blood pressure levels are. And so this app is allowing people to stay engaged with their health and so far, we've been able to reach more than 50,000 individuals in Rwanda through Lifestand. What are some of the specific insights that have stood out for you so far in the, the research and the work that you're doing? Yes. Yeah, so this is a research that takes time, as you can imagine, bringing together a wide range of data sets. Uh, we're looking at step surveys, national health censuses, other types of data that are being brought together. This takes time for our academic partners to clean and decipher, you know, what can be taken out of those data sets. But what we are noticing at the moment, especially in the city of New York, where comes our first analysis, is that physical inactivity is one of the major drivers of unequal health outcomes in the area of cardiovascular diseases. So it's one of the major drivers, and we're trying to see what we can do around that that could be, you know, leverage into policy action. What do you think is the, the 
potential of all of this. You mentioned that it takes time, and yet we have this impression with machine learning and with artificial intelligence that it sort of just happens with the click of our fingers like that. Cast your mind forward to the potential of of all of this. I think the potential for leveraging data and AI is very much around developing solutions that are human-centered and preventative because we are at a privileged point in time where we have access to all of this data. And if used in the right way, in a way that is not biased and that is data that reflects the populations that we're looking at, I think that we are in a position to develop solutions that are very much focused and geared towards those people that need it most. And so individualized type of health services, be it both preventative and also therapeutic, I think is the future of AI. I can also imagine learning from one place, one location, whether it be some of those projects that you, you're working on. As you mentioned, in, in Africa and South America, you referred to New York just now and learning from that and perhaps transferring that knowledge to other parts of the world where these might be increasing uh, concerns or, or problems and equally looking at places where something is working and translating that to other locations as well. That's exactly what we're trying to do with AI for Healthy Cities is that the models that will come out of the research will be leveraged in other locations and environments. And we hope in the future that it can benefit many more geographies as well. This is the Conversations from the Haas podcast, and Sarah De Rossier is Director of Health Equity at the Novartis Foundation. We're talking about data and the potential of that data, and Sarah, our guest today. Speaking of data inputs, data quality, data compliance, and, and of course, privacy, these are all considerations regarding data collection. How are these being observed in the work that you're doing both with the World Heart Observatory and at the Novartis uh, Foundation with those various projects that you're working on, the Cardio for Cities and also AI for Healthy Cities? Data is really the foundation of everything we do because through data comes evidence about how interventions are functioning or not. And so this was really the foundation for our Cardio for Cities initiative, for example, that we have launched and piloted in three cities, in Sao Paulo, Dakar, and Ulaanbaatar, with the goal to increase hypertension control amongst the population of urban cities. And one of the first steps that we did there was to establish data collection systems around hypertension and NCDs. Because often in the, in the cities where we started intervening, there was very, very little information around those conditions and diseases. And establishing good health information systems that are informed by quality data is absolutely essential for conducting public health and population health interventions. And so I would say this is one of the most important pillar and one of the starting pillar of some of the things that we did in the Cardio for Cities initiative. This was an initiative that is based on an approach called cardio. The cardio approach stands for care, access, reform, digital and data, intersectoral collaboration and ownership. 
And it's an initiative that has been extremely successful because in within one or two years of implementation, we were able to triple the control of hypertension wow. amongst And how were you able to do that? What came out in the data that allowed you to employ or incorporate these these effective interventions? So we were able to track the cascade of care, um, which is the number of people diagnosed, treated and controlled for hypertension. And this was really essential within the population cohorts that we were looking into to have a very good understanding of the situation. And, and in that way, these informations that were then picked up by the health system could inform where were the gaps and how we could change and shift our interventions within the primary healthcare sector. One of the most important things that we put in place in Cardio for Cities was the availability and implementation of standardized care around hypertension and cardiovascular diseases. And this really helped, for example, train healthcare providers and community health workers around how to better detect treat and care for hypertensive patients. Yes, and for there to be some consistency across the board. Sarah, we'll talk about those stakeholders in just a moment. Massive amounts of data that you're collecting and getting people on board, I would imagine, mm. is is also uh, somewhat of a, a challenge. We'll talk about those stakeholders and that multidisciplinary approach that you've taken with with a lot of this in, in just a moment. But just staying with the data for a minute, if we can, the current and real-time data no doubt has a, a large part to play in, in these projects. I was thinking about this, talking about exercise and the importance of exercise, and you referred to New York City before. And when I exercise, I was, I was thinking about the podcast and, and speaking with you. And I was thinking about historical and archival data, because no doubt there would be vast amounts of this archival data and historical data. Does that have a role to play in, in a part of this collection? Yes. So I, we are, in fact, collecting data from years back, perhaps 10 years back. And we're also looking at ways to collect uh, real-time data, because I think that's also a very important way to integrate those different types of data sets. Certainly, historical data can provide a lot of information about how things have cured in the past, but current data is also very, very relevant to better orient policy making and decisions. What have been some of the, the greatest challenges uh, so far to date in collecting this data and then trying to implement some of these solutions? What's come up for you in terms of challenges? First of all, I would say one of the primary challenges has been identifying the right type of data that is needed for our research and for the work that we do. I think the uh, World's Heart Observatory has done a tremendous job at, for example, bringing together a wide range of different data sets from the IHME global burden of disease data to tobacco surveys to other types of surveys and census data to also health systems performance and policy information. So it's a very wide range of data sets that are being integrated and collected. And with that comes its challenges in terms of the way that these data sets are structured, the types of variables found in those data sets. So how to harmonize all of those data sets, clean them, and then define research questions and focus that allows us to 
identify insights. I think that's been one of the major challenges as well. Um, and we've really worked very collaboratively with experts, with academia, with policymakers to really understand what it is that we need to better figure out and that is relevant for health authorities. This is the Conversations from the Haas podcast and Sarah De Rossier is Director of Health Equity at the Novartis Foundation. We're talking data, digital technologies and cardiovascular health. Sarah, how does the World Heart Observatory connect with your Cardio for Cities and AI for Healthy Cities projects at the Novartis Foundation? I think we are both achieving similar objectives of really trying to understand how data can better help us identify some of the major reasons and drivers of health inequities around the world and also giving us a um, better picture of the situation in a wide range of countries. I think the World Heart Observatory is doing an excellent job of putting all of these data together and creating visualization that can help us understand the status of cardiovascular disease burden in a lot of of the countries around the world, better understand the prevalence of hypertension, you know, also which policies are being put in place by governments and health authorities, and where are some of the gaps and areas that should be focused on. And at the Novartis Foundation, we also do something similar. We're very much working and leveraging through data and digital technologies and believe that Thanks to that, we are in a position to advance our interventions. We work very collaboratively with a range of stakeholders, both health authorities, but also implementation partners, private sector, technology companies. So it's a really broad spectrum of collaborators, isn't it? We collaborate with the Ministry of Health as our major collaborator and anchor partner. Obviously, health authorities in different countries are counterparts because we, we want to, you know, work through them. They are the ones who decide what is of interest for them, and that's how we support them. But we definitely build coalitions and collaborations that involved many other actors. How important is collaboration among those actors, academia, healthcare professionals, policymakers, industry stakeholders in cardiovascular health? How important is that collaboration? Cardiovascular health is a sector, an area that requires combined action by all of these actors across sectors. So not only the health sector, but also the educational sector, the food sector, etc. CVDs are multi-layered. It, it's not only about your metabolic situation, it's also about all of the other elements that surround the individual that can cause cardiovascular diseases at the end. So the way a person eats, the way a person is active physically, its environment, its urban environment, etc. Yes. So it's very important to view cardiovascular diseases in a, a much more holistic way where all partners are involved and we can look at the continuum of care of a patient from primary prevention to treatment. And I think the way that we are envisioning this at the Novartis Foundation is that we want to move from sick systems to healthy systems. Yes, proactive, proactive predictive. Correct. Even a factor that's in the news 
today, air pollution and the effects, the increasing effects of, of air pollution uh, around the world. And as you were saying, perhaps more traditionally, the, the approach might have been more metabolic or it might have been uh, more medical. And now we're looking at this uh, broader range of, of uh, factors. Can you share a, a success story from those various projects that you have happening around the world through Cardio for Cities, AI for Healthy Cities, of course, the World Heart Observatory that illustrates the power of the potential of that effective collaboration with these stakeholders that you've referred to? I've just came back from a trip to Dakar, Senegal, where we hosted our Dakar Health Tech Summit, which convened a range of stakeholders from ministries of health of Senegal, but also other African countries like Kenya, Nigeria, Ethiopia. Also present were the innovators from the ecosystem. We had international organizations, investors, financiers, etc. And this event was really focused on trying to understand how to accelerate digital health solutions in the public health sectors of the African continent. And so I think this was really a testament to true collaboration and cross-sectoral work. It was spearheaded by our health tech hub, Africa, which uh, we support and fund and is based in Kigali, Rwanda, and is an accelerator for pan-African startups around the continent uh, that supports them with technical advice and guidance and financial connections. So what were some of the ideas that, that came up to accelerate this this work, you know, when you're talking to these people and you're you're meeting with these energetic, enthusiastic startups, right through to the financiers, what were some of the the ideas that that came up to accelerate this potential? I think a lot of some of the let's say challenges were raised to unlock some of this acceleration, and that had to do with data once again, access to data, which is. The basis for a lot of these startups, they are working on the basis of patient data. So the whole topic of patient privacy, of regional sharing of data, of data policies established in the different countries of Africa and how these are harmonized or not. I think these are a lot of the challenges that, that came up and that I think a lot of the stars were hoping to get answers from governments on how they could unlock that so that they could commercialize their solutions yes. beyond just one country, for example. Yeah, so access, a, a really key point that's coming out of, of part of this growth and development. Mm. How can others, people listening to the podcast right now, Sarah, as we begin to wrap up our, our conversation today, fascinating insights that you've been sharing with us. How can others get involved or support these collaborative efforts? And I, I should just mention briefly the World Heart Observatory website, which is worldheartobservatory, all one word, dot org, to find out more. How can other healthcare professionals, anyone listening to the podcast right now from that range of multidisciplinary stakeholders that you are talking about, get involved with some of this work. I would like to share more about uh, the uh, accelerator for Cardio for Cities, which we launched in May of this year at the World Health Assembly. And this accelerator aims to take forward all the work that we did around Cardio for Cities and aims to bring um, cardiovascular health to 30 countries within three years. And I think that 
the public health community and people who are interested in joining this endeavor can certainly do so either as investors, financiers, but also as countries who would like to receive support for establishing and implementing the cardio approach in their countries and their urban cities. And this approach has been proved to be very successful. And I think that through through that, we can achieve a lot more and reach millions of people um, and improve cardiovascular health outcomes. Yeah, breaking down some of these silos that have uh, has been one of the biggest challenges in the past and bringing people together. As we wrap, Sarah, uh, what is your greatest ambition for digital data collection and health equity? I think the greatest ambition of the Novartis Foundation is to see innovations at the core of what we do and to make them useful for the population, but also for the healthcare providers that are using it and to use them as catalysts for interventions around cardiovascular diseases to improve prevention, to improve control, and ultimately to improve the health of the population in public health. The topic of the podcast is conversations from the heart. And I'm going to finish with this question, Sarah. From the heart, what has touched you about the work that you've been doing over the past three to six years with the World Heart Observatory more recently, with your projects at the Novartis uh, Foundation, the Cardio for Cities and AI for Healthy Cities projects. What what has really touched you about the work you've been doing? The commitment that we see from health authorities with which we, we collaborate and work with who have been tirelessly working to put in place new ways of of doing and systems and approaches and processes and data collection systems, et cetera, really to improve the health of their populations. We really see the commitment shine through, you know, in the cities where we work, for example, in Sao Paulo and in Dakar. And I think this is really one key element of any good collaboration is really having full ownership of, um, you know, the health authorities with which we work. When you switch off at the end of the day and turn off all of those computers and devices that are collecting all of this data, how do you like to stay heart healthy? I personally am very connected to my, my body and my health. I practice a lot of yoga. I try to eat in a healthy manner, lots of fruits and vegetables. And for me, this has worked very well so far. So exercising and uh, having a good diet. Yeah. Wonderful ambassador for the work that you're doing. The World Haas Observatory is the first global data hub for cardiovascular conditions and risk factors, combining data from different sources to provide the latest, most accurate information on the global burden of cardiovascular disease. The World Heart Observatory is made possible with the support of Novartis Foundation. To find out more, worldheartobservatory.org. Our website here at the World Heart Federation is world haas-federation.org. Sarah De Rossier is Director of Health Equity at the Novartis Foundation. Thank you so much for joining us on the Conversations from the Heart podcast. Thank you. I'm Tony Johnston, broadcast journalist. I look forward to your company next time. <laughs> <laughs>